Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you are well and filled with hope because God is on his throne and nothing happens that he doesn't allow, whether he purposes, whether he's directly involved with um, uh, making it happen, bringing it about. The fact is he's on his throne and he allows it and he works all things together for good, not for everyone, but to those who know him, who love him, and who are called according to his purpose. So before we begin today, just a um, couple of um, uh, one announcement that the men's march we've been speaking of that's sponsored by the Station of the Cross um, is this weekend in Tallahassee, Florida, and um, it is the mensmarch.com, or for updates, you can text Men's March um, 22828, 22828. Um, and um, another um, wonderful um, note I want to give you is that um, uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder was interviewed by Jim Havens on the Simple Truth that will air today at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. It, it's it's going to be, I haven't seen it, but I'm going to watch it. It's going to be wonderful. Bishop Athanasius Snyder is um, just about, well, one of the most wonderful bishops of the church. Uh, everything he says is trustworthy. Uh, he is a true, true shepherd, and um, it's good to have some of those around still. Um, yesterday, um, we spoke of, um, uh, we had a question on who the priest was that uh, distributed the the host, the Eucharist, during the plague in the 1500s, because he was so brave. And I thought I would um, give us that article today. Um, <clears throat> in 1576 to 1578, those two years, a plague ravaged through northern Italy, killing tens of thousands. It was known as the St. Charles Plague because of the heroic response, the response of the Cardinal Archbishop of Milan, St. Charles Borromeo. And the reason I thought to read it today is particularly for priests and bishops, because we're looking now at the sovereignty of the United States uh, get being given over to the World Health Organization. It's, it's um, a horror movie, to think of it. It's Twilight Zone. Uh, it's unthinkable, but it is what it, uh, those wanting the one world government and total control of the population, uh, they want it to happen. And so if that happens, uh, the World Health Organization could decide to shut down the whole world whenever they want. And we have no say. It's an insanity. Um, even in our own country, uh, those in charge um, may decide to shut down churches again. It's a total evil. And um, that's why I want to read what St. Charles Borromeo did. This is really for priests. 
um, during such a thing. We have the monkeypox that is apparently appearing all over the world now. Um, I haven't known that it's life-threatening, but uh, again, they're talking about masks and potential shutting down of uh, public areas and all that. So it's it's an insanity. And the and the head of this article, the heading says, "Stay in place for the salvation of souls. Don't run." <clears throat> Dear priests, this is the article. On August 11, 1576, the plague broke out in the northern quarter of Milan as festivities were being planned for the arrival of the famed Don Juan of Austria. Hearing of the outbreak, most of the secular authorities, along with Don Juan, fled. St. Charles, St. Charles, St. Charles Borromeo was attending the funeral of a bishop outside the city when he heard the news. Instead of staying in place or fleeing, he immediately sent forth, set forth toward the city. As he entered Milan, many people rushed out crying for mercy. Without resting from his journey, St. Charles went straight to the cathedral and said a short prayer. After appealing to God for help, he advanced into the epicenter of the outbreak, not even taking the time to change out of his dusty riding clothes. When he finally retired to his Episcopal palace, he found a few remaining government officials waiting for him. They asked St. Charles to take command of the city as their leaders, including the governor, had abandoned their posts. Since the authorities, out of fear of contagion, had already forbidden public processions and religious ceremonies, many souls were deprived of the sacraments. St. Charles said that it was because of this that the wrath of God had been called down upon Milan. I think, dear ones, it's also because of this that the wrath of God has been called down upon us and on many countries. I said yesterday that um, Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke has said that no priest, no bishop, no pope has any authority to close the churches, to um, deprive the faith of the sa- sacraments. It's not a man-made law. It's a divine law. And no human being has any authority to uh, thwart that. And those who have will be responsible for it. Uh, Priests, uh, whether they become bishops or pope, priests are ordained to save souls, not bodies. Therefore, continuing with the article, St. Charles told the officials that the only cure was to pray and do penance more piously than before. To prepare himself for what lay ahead, St. Charles offered himself as an expiatory victim for the sins of his people. He also organized his affairs and made his last will. After this preparation, he went out every day to visit the sick and dying. Profoundly moved by their suffering, St. Charles said, The dreadful state of these wretched creatures everything lacking both for soul and body. These unhappy children seem to look on me as the cause of all their ills. Their silence reproaches me for my idleness. 
I put off holding out a helping hand when by my example I should have moved others to pity. I will delay no longer. By the grace of God, I will do my duty to the utmost. He redoubled his efforts, focusing mainly on the spiritual welfare of the beleaguered. Um, St. <clears throat> Charles accepted the burden, saying, quote, A long time ago, I resolved never to leave undone anything which might be for my people's good. I beg you above all not to lose heart. Do not be affected by the example of those born and bred in the city who hurriedly abandoned it by flight at the very moment when it needed help. <clears throat> Our priests and bishops didn't abandon it. They shut us out. They shut us out at the time with the coronavirus, at the time when we needed most the sacraments uh, and the mass, they shut us out. That's worse than having abandoned it. Many priests in Milan were in hiding, like here, fearing they might catch the disease. Even among the Holy Cardinal's household, many fled. Of those who stayed, some refused to join him when he went into affected houses. However, St. Charles sent out a beautiful appeal to his absent priests, saying, quote, We have only one life, and we should spend it for Jesus Christ and souls, not as we wish, but at the time and in the way God wishes. It would show presumption and neglect of our duty and God's service, to fail to do this. And the saint rebuke, rebuked his priest by saying, do not be so forgetful of your priesthood as to prefer a late death to a holy one. That should be framed, that sentence. To every bishop, every priest, do not be so forgetful of your priesthood as to prefer a late death to a holy one. Answering the call, many secular priests and Capuchins, uh, Capuchin fathers, heroically served the sick, especially in the leper house, which doubled as an emergency hospital. After the plague subsided, not one of St. Charles' companions had perished, but many priests who stayed back and refused to help had been stricken. St. Charles advised his priest not to neglect human means, such as preventatives, remedies, doctors, everything that you can use to keep off infection, for such means are in no way opposed to our doing our duty. Whenever people urged St. Charles to avoid unnecessary risk, he would reply, God can replace us. But at the same time, he was not imprudent. Answering concern of the Bishop of Brescia, St. Charles affirmed, quote, From the beginning, I resolved to place myself entirely in God's hands without, however, despising ordinary remedies. There's the music, dearest, for our first break. And you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart this entire hour. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Do you love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we're able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to... Mother Miriam live, and I am Mother Miriam, and I am live, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And our phone lines are open for anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We are reading uh, an article on the life um, of St. Giles, St. Charles Borromeo, in the plague of the 1500s when um, when many died and priests and everybody else wanted to run, but not St. Charles. Um, he said, do not prefer a late death, he told his priests. Do not prefer a late death to a holy one. To continue, St. Charles issued prudent guidelines The faithful were told not to gather in crowds and avoid contact with each other. Masses were not canceled, but only held outdoors if the church was too cramped. He ordered more masses said than before. It's the opposite of what our bishops and priests have done in in the uh, pandemic. 
catechism classes were moved to street corners. He had separate places in church for the disease-stricken and separate holy water funds for them. His counsel to the clergy and magistrates was to take the plague of the soul in consideration more than the contagion of the body, which for many reasons is less pernicious. I'm going to repeat that. Dear priests, dear bishops, take the plague of the soul in consideration more than the contagion of the body, which for many reasons is less pernicious. It is the soul that is dying. It is the soul that is headed toward an eternity in hell. And you would rather save the body. It's uh, diabolic, actually. The article continues. Although the death rate and contagion rate were extremely high, St. Charles insisted on public prayer and penance. Ashes were constantly distributed. Three processions a week were held. In these processions, St. Charles walked barefoot, wearing a thick penitential cord around his neck. Bells rang seven times a day for public prayer and the singing of the psalms. As those afflicted could not leave their homes to attend Mass or, their, or the processions, St. Charles sent up, set up 19 columns throughout the city. At the foot of these pillars, public Masses were celebrated every morning. This allowed the sick to assist at Mass every day, and the priests would distribute the Holy Eucharist to all the victims of the plague through their home windows. Hold on, please. Excuse me. Even today, these pillars with crosses on top are visible all over Milan. St. Charles went nearly every day to the leper house to give the sacraments to the suffering. He baptized newborns and gave last rites to the dying. A certain Capuchin brother, James, who worked in the leper house and saw St. Charles, his good works at the time, said, quote, he often goes to the laser, that is the leper house, to console the sick into huts and private houses to speak to the sick and comfort them, as well as providing for all their needs. He fears nothing. It is useless to try to frighten him. It is true that he exposes himself much to danger, but so far he has been preserved by the special grace of God. He says he cannot do otherwise. Indeed, the city has no other help and consolation. However, just as today, not all men fear God or take advantage of suffering to repent, Some young Milanese nobles decided to flee the plague and practice impurity and immorality in a villa far away from any city. They shut themselves up in this villa, which they dubbed the Academy of Love. Yet these reprobates soon found out that God is not mocked. Even in the most secluded locations, the plague broke out in the villa and few sinners survived. By Christmas of 1577, 
the plague had abated. At the end of the plague, 17,000 people had died in Milan out of a population of 120,000. This number included 120 priests. Most of these had fled. However, in the smaller city of Venice, 40,000 people died in the same two years. Why had Milan been spared from a greater loss? St. Charles answers that. He says, not by our prudence, which was caught asleep, not by science of the doctors who could not discover the sources of the contagion, much less a cure, not by the care of those in authority who abandoned the city, no, my dear children, but only by the mercy of God. The author of this article says, in stark contrast to St. Charles, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, a baptized Catholic, issued a recent statement, a statement that's not so recent now, mocking and excluding God from the fight against COVID-19. The pro-abortion governor congratulated himself during a press conference saying, the number of infections is down because we brought the numbers down. God did not do that. Fate did not do that. Destiny did not do that. A lot of pain and suffering did that. End quote. Well, we know that because of um, Governor Cuomo, thousands of people died because he put them all into nursing homes. He personally was responsible for the death of thousands. The article continues, the crisis of faith is obvious, obvious in this time of great need. Most Catholics are spiritual orphans. No masses, no confessions, no last rites, no St. Charles Borromeos. The Bishop of Springfield, Massachusetts, for example, suspended the last rites in all instances in his diocese. At their final hour, the dying are deprived of the church's spiritual assistance and consolation. I tell you, um, we're back in time a little now, but again, the the new virus is upon us. How serious it will be, I don't know. But um, these things are so unthinkable to me that any bishop would cancel the sacraments, especially the last rites and baptism. As John Horfett points out in his column, the coronavirus is a call to return to God. Our reaction reflects a society that has turned its back on God. We face the crisis trusting only in ourselves and our devices. And apparently, dear ones, that statement referred to the priests and bishops as well. What the world needs most are more St. Charles Borromeos, more heroic shepherds to restore the faith, promote confidence in God's providence, and awaken true devotion to the maternal and immaculate heart of Mary. St. Charles Borromeo, pray for us. I pray that any priest, any bishop who becomes fearful in the face of tragedy, no matter what it is, plague or not, would um, 
follow the example of St. Charles Borromeo and not prefer a late death to a holy one. Um, These things are just utterly, utterly unthinkable. We have a call uh, from John uh, from Kentucky. Hello, John. Good morning. Are you there? Hi, hi, dear one. I had to turn my volume up. Um, oh, sure. I um, want to remind everybody that uh, when this all started with COVID, the CDC and so on, the government uh, said that COVID was going to be 10 times worse than the seasonal flu. And I don't know if you remember that or not, but I know they said it, and it gave me pause. I thought, oh, my gosh. I remember. That's, really, that's horrible. I mean, you know, I've had, the, I've had bad flus. And um, then, so, so, so anyway, that's how they started that. After two weeks, max a month, everybody had to know that that, that, that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And so I, I almost, I almost cut the, the clergy a little slack by, you know, closing Sunday mass for a couple of weeks or something. You know, being prudent, I didn't know what to think. And then they want you to put on this mask. And I, I actually consider myself a little bit of an expert because I've always worked in an industry and had hobbies where I needed to wear a mask. And... um I can tell you that those little cloth blue masks that they give you are, um, it's like superstitions to wear them. It's insane. They don't work. Not only do they not work, they cause harm. That's right. That's right. You know, you you can do you you can do your anybody could do their own little test. I know that uh, when I go into a subway sandwich place or a restaurant where you can have all the smells, you can go in there with one of the masks and you'll smell all those smells. It's an insane. It's it's just actually an insane act. And they got all of these priests and bishops and everybody to go along with it. That's a go along to get along thing. So, uh, you know, I've painted cars. I've worked as a dental technician and or a jeweler. I've done all of these things all of my life. And you would think they would have a little common sense to ask someone like like me. I, I don't know how they got away with it. You know, the Sunday Mass here where I was in a very orthodox community of priests, they closed down Sunday Mass for a year and a half. And I thought, oh, my God, it's, it, 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 mentally it's just been brutal. And I know I'm not the only one, and I, I know it's not too radical to tell you. I, I cooperate with none of this. Neither you know, do I. Neither do I, John. There's the music for our break, dear one. The the thing that uh, has astounded me through all of this is the ease with which the government and anybody else immediately can control the whole population and the population gives in. It's, it's preparation for the one world government. The ease at which everybody obeyed. The ease at which uh, fear was spread Overnight, I think that was the whole thing of it, not the coronavirus so much, but the control of a population who will turn to fear um, in, in a moment. Uh, 
that's to me the most tragic thing, dear John. Um, I appreciate your call, my brother, and um, we'll be right back after the break. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. This is Rick Paolini and Father Jacek Mazur. Join us every Sunday morning at 11 for Divine Mercy in My Soul. The humble soul is like a sponge, and the soul that is not humble, that's full of pride, is like a rock. The Bible tells us that God opposes the proud and gives graces to those who are humble. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesu ufam tobie. Jesus, I trust in you. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. St. Paul declares, none of us lives as his own master and none of us dies as his own master. God's absolute dominion over human life is the basis for the church's opposition to abortion and euthanasia. When the church defends life, she not only defends the rights of the human person, but also the rights of God himself and his absolute dominion over human life. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station on the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have a whole half hour together, and our lines are wide open. And I invite you to call in with anything on your heart. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. It does not need to be our subject. Um, and toll-free, you can call or text one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, 511 5483 or email at motheratthestationofthecross.com. Um, we have an email from Amanda. <clears throat> Amanda writes, thank you for your tough talk and warm heart. (laughs) Thanks, Amanda. I have recently reverted back to Catholicism after years of lukewarmness. Blessed be God, Amanda. She said, my eyes were opened since COVID. Thanks be to God. I now love God and my faith with a fervor, and I am constantly seeking ways to grow closer to our Lord. I assist at a traditional FSSP Latin Mass. That's the Fraternity of St. Peter. They're wonderful. She attends at an FSSP Latin Mass parish in the midst of a godless town in the Pacific Northwest. It is here that I met another parishioner 
who is a light like me, returning to Catholicism after years spent as a Protestant. She, too, began to search for more. Unfortunately, she came upon a YouTube site called Vatican Catholic. They basically promote set of adventism. And we talked about this yesterday. It's a Latin term, seta, meaning the seat, vacant. Um, the seat is vacant. There's no pope on the on the seat of Peter. That's what they believe, set of acantism. She has since stopped going to Mass because she believes that there are no properly ordained priests after Vatican II. I would like your advice on what I can tell my friend to convince her to come back. I care for her and am saddened that she is no longer receiving the sacraments. Thank you and God bless you, Mother Miriam, for speaking truth to so many of us who need to hear it. Amanda, um, I would say to your friend that's quite puzzling because there are um, um, validly ordained priests, um, even, um, how do I say this, um, they are set of a cantus, but and they are outside the church, um, but they were ordained by um, valid bishops. So, for example, um, in the case of the SSPX, the Society of St. Pius X, um, all their ordinations are valid. They are not set of a cantus. They believe uh, that Pope Francis is the Pope, and they believe in every Pope prior to him. Um, they uh, are um, concerned with agreeing to some things of Vatican II and are considered by many uh, in schism, but they are valid. Um, there are those that are set of acantus outside the church. We looked at CMRI, I think it was yesterday. There are those, but again, their baptisms are valid. Um, when uh, Pope John Paul died and Archbishop Lefebvre had uh, ordained four bishops, it was considered illicit because the approval wasn't given at the time. Uh, Archbishop Lefebvre did what he did out of a desperation. Uh, I think he saved the church by doing it. Um, but they were valid. They're still valid. Um, and again, Pope um, Benedict XVI lifted their excommunication. Um, but their, their ordinations were valid. Um, there are set of acantus groups, truly those who don't believe that there has been a valid pope uh, since Vatican II. They don't believe Vatican II was valid, all of that. But their bishops have been validly ordained, which means their priests are validly ordained, even though they are in schism. Um, I would also remind your friend if she, um, uh, my goodness, if she believes there's no validly ordained priest after Vatican II, um, if there were validly ordained bishops at Vatican II, 
uh, and they have ordained priests to this day. It, their their ordinations are valid. I don't. I, I can't answer this properly as a canon lawyer, but um, there's an expression ex opere operato. It's a Latin expression meaning by the work worked, meaning that um, the um, the sacrament is affected apart from the priest who does it, apart from the bishop, because it's God who does it. A definition on the Catholic Answers site says it refers to the fact that the sacraments confer grace when the sign is validly affected, not as the result of activity on the part of the recipient, by the power, but by the power and promise of God. And so, um, Amanda, if... Uh, there are priests, and there are, since Vatican II, who were ordained by validly ordained bishops, um, and there are, um, most of them, in fact, and I don't know any who are not, and there are some because the formula was incorrect, uh, just as baptisms are invalid if they don't use the proper Trinitarian formula, um, then the priests are baptized. Then the priests are baptized. Uh, regardless of the uh, state of the bishop, if he uses the correct formula, those priests are ordained, I should say. Um, someone can call me if I'm, if I'm incorrect, but for Amanda to have been drawn to set of a cantism, then she should know that she will be in hell without the sacraments and without the church. She will know that. Um, and she will also know that our Lord promised to lead his truth into all truth, his church into all truth to the end of time, that the gates of hell will not prevent prevail against it. If the gates of hell have prevailed against it, then Christ is not Lord. Then he's a liar. Then he has no power. Then he's not God. That his word is not true. Uh, God will keep his church and lead it into all truth till the end of time. So I would tell your friend, dear Amanda, that um, apart from the church, apart from the sacraments, um, she will not be in heaven. Um, it is very serious. I mean, she could look at anyone who, any group who are set of a cantus, and they will validate that. She cannot be apart from the sacraments. She cannot disbelieve the church or that there are valid um, bishops and priests. I, I don't have a defense or an apologetic any further, but um, she has separated herself from the church, and there is no heaven for her. Um, I would even frighten her with that. And um, uh, go to Catholic.com, uh, go to EWTN, that can help you further on that. Um, we have an email from someone who writes in anonymously um, and says, hold on now, um, uh, dear Mother Miriam, <clears throat> I have a question in regard to godparents. My husband and I, a few months ago, asked a couple from our parish to be our babies, uh, our babies' uh, godparents, and the baby's not born yet. 
At the time, we asked, we were just getting to know this family. However, as time is passing, there are many things we are noticing that really are concerning to us. They are a lovely family, but the way we wish to raise our children and what we expose them to is much different than their parenting values. Would it be wrong to talk with them about not being the godparents? Or should we just continue to allow them to be the godparents? We do not want to hurt anyone's feelings, but at the same time, excuse me, excuse me, we do not want to hurt anyone's feelings, but at the same time, we know the importance of the role of a godparent, and we already are not too fond of wanting to spend too much time with this family in order to protect our family's values. We would appreciate any advice. Thank you, and God bless. Um, I want to tell you what most concerns me about your question. Um, You say, would it be wrong to talk with them about not being the godparents, or should we just continue to allow them to be godparents? That is a red flag, dear one. That is a red flag that you would dare to consider putting anything before the souls of your children. Hurting people's feelings is nothing compared to having uh, godparents influence your children in a way that may lead them to hell. Uh, Forget hurting people's feelings. Your children are what is important, and you have the responsibility of choosing godparents who have your values, not just simply Catholic, but have your values and respect your values. Not respect them and have other values, but have your values exactly, that they could really lead your children because they are responsible to raise your children if anything happens to you. You must tell them that um, uh, that you've made another decision because as much as you appreciate them, you realize it's become obvious to you and you're sure to them that you have different values of raising children and you're not judging them it's just that their values are different and you need godparents who are more similar to what your values are you must tell them that um you must don't lie to them uh just simply tell them the truth maybe it'll cause them to look at their values maybe it'll cause them to say well what's the problem and you must be honest with them You must be honest with them. Don't doubt yourself. They are your values. Even if you think they're too strict or too holy or too whatever, it's impossible. They're not going to be too strict or holy. But even if you think that, there are your values. And answer truthfully. And do not allow that family to be godparents to your baby. Um, Get to know someone better. And don't ask someone to be a godparent too quickly. Make sure you know them and you spend time with them. Um, We have a text from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Good morning, Mother. A friend gave me a beautiful breviary set. I'm struggling a bit with the order of the liturgy of the hours. Do you have any suggestions for a novice? Absolutely. Uh, That would be the four-volume set. And you can go to, um, let's see now, um, 
liturgyoffice.org. Liturgy Office, one word, www.liturgyoffice.org. Um, and it's the general instruction on the liturgy of the hours. So, or just type that in to the internet. The general instruction on the liturgy of the hours. You will find that uh, general instruction on the liturgy of the hours. If you type that in, you're going to find many, many um, resources for it. There's another one called divineoffice.org and how to pray the liturgy of the hours. And so many, many uh, sites for you. Please do go because they'll help you greatly. And I'm, I'm glad that you want to pray them. It's a wonderful gift you were given. Um, there's the music, dear ones, for our final break. We'll have about 10 minutes when we come back. You are welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. <coughs> At the Station of the Cross, we are blessed by the variety of donations our listeners generously contribute for our evangelization efforts. From planned gifts to employer matches, we even receive donations through transfers of stock. Please consider giving a gift of stock to help us continue sharing the love of God with our hurting world. If you are being called by God to donate through a transfer of stock from your brokerage account to ours, please ask your broker to contact us at 1-877-888-6279. Your broker will need to indicate the number of shares being transferred as well as the QCIP number of those shares. That's one 877 888-6279. Thank you for considering a gift of stock to the Station of the Cross so that we can continue proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Relationships between men and women are so fundamentally important for the church and for the world that when there is a dysfunction in relationships between men and women, there are particularly fundamental, crucial problems for the church and for the world. Well, for example, when relationships between men and women aren't stable, they're no longer indissoluble, lifelong, then our society, our church, won't be stable either. That's Sermons for Everyday Living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our final segment. We have about 10 minutes, and that's time for you to call in if you wish with anything at all on your heart. 1-877-511-5483. You may text at that number, 
or uh, email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We have um, an email from Michelle. Michelle. Michelle writes, Hello, Mother Miriam, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your wisdom, and your show is so awesome. Thank you, Michelle. <clears throat> I want to ask about my parents and sister. They haven't been to church or confession in years. I feel guilty on my part as well for not doing enough to get them to go. What do you think I should say or encourage them to go? Thank you and God bless, Michelle. Michelle, I would get together with them, uh, both of them together, um, uh, ask them if you could have a conversation with them, sit down um, in the living room or whatever it may be, And um, I would turn to the catechism uh, to show them that missing, if they claim to be Catholic, um, that missing church on Sunday is a mortal sin. And mortal means death. And when they commit mortal sin, they are separated from God. And if they die in that state, their eternity is hell. And no one can say, well, I'll, I'll repent just before I die. No one knows. You can get hit by a car. You may not have. You can die in your sleep. You may not have that opportunity. I would uh, sit down with them with a very loving, um, unemotional heart, um, even though you love them. But don't let the emotions speak. Let your heart of sincerity and concern speak to them. Um, and just say, Mom, Sister, uh, parents, Mom, Dad, and Sister, um, uh, I, I, I cannot understand or know uh, about your faith in God. I, I know you believe you're Catholic, um, and um, I believe you're, you were baptized Catholic, but if you're truly Catholic... I wanted to, I opened to this point, I don't want to give you my opinion, I've opened to this part of the catechism, where missing Mass on Sunday is a mortal sin. Um, Not going to confession once a year is also a mortal sin. And so, especially when you're in mortal sin. And so, um, um, I'm not telling you, God alone knows your sins, you alone know, but this is what is stated in the catechism. It means, mortal means death. It means you're separated from God. And if you die before you have any desire or opportunity to go to confession and be restored to God, your entire future is in hell. Um, I, I, From my heart, I beg you to go to confession. You cannot receive the sacraments until you have been restored to God but you are separated. And if they say, well, who are you to judge? Just say, I'm not judging you. I don't know your heart. Only God does. But we are to judge actions. And if I, if you saw a truck coming and I didn't see it and it would hit and kill me, what love would you have for me if you didn't tell me that? Get out of the way. And I, what love would I have for you if I did not tell you, not based on what I think or my opinion, but based on what the church says, that you are on your way to hell. And um, unless you repent and do something about it, 
um, you will not see heaven, and that's forever. And whatever your issue of not going back to the sacraments, not going to confession, not going to church, it's between you and God, but it is between you and God. And when you confess to a priest, it remains between you and God, and the priest is not going to hear anything new. Um, uh, I, Out of my love for you, um, and out of what I know God's love for you is, I would beg you to go back to church. If there's any question you have, I'll do anything I can to give you the answer. And just say, I love you, and I want to spend forever with you. Um, uh, at the moment, you're in a very, very dangerous situation. And if they say, thanks a lot for your interest or your compassion, we, we will do what we want, you say, well, I, I know that. I know that. But I, I tell you, I beg you, I beg you um, to put your lives on the road to heaven. That's all you can do. And then pray for them. And anytime you're with them or live or whatever, just be the most loving Catholic you can be. <clears throat> we have a text from someone who writes in anonymously and says, I recently attended a bereavement meeting offered by the Catholic Church, and one attendee spent an hour and a half speaking about how she went to a medium and her husband came through. Well, whoever led that bereavement meeting uh, <clears throat> was not a proper leader because no one should have spent an hour and a half speaking about how she went to a medium and her husband came through. The one who writes in anonymously said, I was uncomfortable listening to this because I always thought that this was an abomination to God. And you're right, it is. One of the leaders compared going to a medium to connect with, uh, let's see now. One of the leaders compared going to a medium to connect with deceased loved ones as similar to Padre Pio. Now I'm confused. Is this okay or not? It is not. And, and um, this person writes, and thank you for considering my question. I enjoy listening to you and hope that you can clarify this for me. Yes, we only have a, a minute or two left. And I will tell you that uh, the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, Leviticus 20, Deuteronomy 18, it condemns spiritism, mediums, the occult, and psychics. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says, God can reveal the future to his prophets or to other saints. Still, a sound Christian attitude consists in putting oneself confidently into the hands of providence, God's providence, for whatever concerns the future, and giving up all unhealthy curiosity about it. In providence, however, um, can constitute a lack of responsibility. Again, God can reveal the future to his prophets or saints, but not through mediums, all forms of divination are to be rejected. Recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead, or other practices falsely supposed to unveil, unveil the future, consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading, interpretation of omens and lots, the phenomenon of clairvoyance, and recourse to mediums, all conceal a desire for power over time, over history, and in the last analysis, other human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe to God alone. 
if we are looking to en- if we are looking to anything other than God for help with the present or future, we are violating the first commandment. Go to catholic.com and you can read that. Why mediums and psychics are not okay. That's absolutely wrong. Go to catholic.com, print out the article, and take it to uh, any further bereavement meeting. They're absolutely wrong. It is divination. It is condemned by God. Okay. Um, Let me see now. Um, Let me just remind you, dear ones, at the end of the program now, there's our closing music, that the Men's March is this weekend. Um, um, Oh, I'm sorry. I just see that we have Trish and Cheyenne on the line. I did not see that. Um, If you will both call back tomorrow, dear ones, um, uh, we'll take your calls tomorrow. I apologize for not getting to you today. The Men's March is this weekend, June 11th in Tallahassee, Florida, mensmarch.com. And um, listen today at 4 p.m. to The Simple Truth with Jim Havens and Bishop Athanasius Snyder. God bless you, and we will um, speak with you tomorrow.